What would you do if you could ask any question, any question at all? Well, you can do that tonight on What Would Blonde Jesus Do? With your host, Blonde Jesus. Well, welcome to the new show for 2021, folks. I'm your host, Blonde Jesus. And you may be going, who does he think he is? Well, I'm not Jesus Christ. Give me a break. I am blonde Jesus. I am blonde and I'm a messenger. And hopefully, as we begin this journey together on this inaugural show, we are going to have a lot of fun in the next year. But tonight, we're going to start the show. I'm going to talk a little bit about myself so you kind of know who I am. But we're going to take a reader-listener letter as our initial foray into the inspired stories of miracles and strengths. We're going to call those the isms, because we'll be doing a lot of Blonde Jesus isms, inspired stories of miracles and strength, all based on your stories about life, things that you want to talk about. And I am here to listen to you and share you my palpable parables of advice and isms. So the Blonde Jesus character came about as my alter ego when I did my last full-length album. And the very short version of how Blonde Jesus came to be was that um, Garrett Miller was a singer-songwriter recording his second album finishing it up, as a matter of fact, and was invited to a Hollywood ugly sweater party up in the Hollywood Hills. And so I went to the party. It was great, super fun. And the pretty ladies that were there during the course of the night, as the night went on, had more and more and more sangria and more and more and more sangria. And at the time, my hair was a little bit longer, and I had a big, full, bushy beard, and I looked a lot like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. So it's Christmas time. I'm wearing an ugly sweater, and I look like Barry Gibb, and I should be singing Staying Alive. But as the night went on, the ladies became more and more happy and more and more forgetful and could not remember my name to save their life. So Blonde Jesus became blah, 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 or Barry Gibb became blah, blah, blah. And eventually, one of them said, it's Blonde Jesus. And at the time, I was like, I don't know if I should be deeply offended by that or if I should find this really hysterical. And I chose to find the humor in this as they were just trying to be nice and friendly and funny. And so as the night wrapped up. Everybody was like, bye, Blonde Jesus. Have a great night. Merry Christmas. So I get in the car and I turn on the radio and the radio's first song, no joke, people, was the Bee Gees staying alive. And this is midnight on a Saturday night in the middle of December. And I call my producer right away and I said, Brian, We've got to do a new song. It's going to be the title track for the album. And he goes, uh, what is it? And I said, it's going to be called Blonde Jesus. And he goes, you have lost your damn mind. And I said, I know, but just think of the fun we're going to have. So we recorded the song Blonde Jesus. And I always call it my disco tribute to the Bee Gees. But it's not really a disco song, but it's a great dance song. Did really well on indie charts around the world, number one. 
And at the end of that, I wrote this book called The Blonde Jesusisms, and it's 10 Inspired Stories of Miracles and Strength. You can buy it on i on iTunes. On you can buy it on um, Amazon, wherever fine books are sold. I think it's even sold at like Barnes and Noble. And you can also buy an autographed copy directly from me on blondejesus.com. I'll autograph it and mail it out to you. Super cool. But with that, um, I started doing blogging. I was doing my um, daily column called Believe and Receive, Attract and Allow, sharing stories with people um, based on things that they would share with me. And over the course of time, people were like, you need to take this to the radio instead of doing rated G radio, you should be doing something where you're really just, you know, helping others or asking others how you can help them. So that's kind of the origins of how What Would Blonde Jesus Do came about. So tonight is the inaugural show for this. And I asked some people that I know earlier this week, I said, you know, if you could call into the show, would you call in? And, you know, a lot of folks are really kind of nervous about being on the radio, even if it is with their good buddy. And so I said, well, if you're not comfortable calling in, how about doing a letter? Describe some type of event that's going on in your life that you would like some advice on or would just like some thoughts on. And I'll read your letter on air. I'll disguise your name to protect the innocent. I may change some of the facts to keep it more of a disguise because I want to protect you if you um, are choosing not to be um, you know, uh, you know, if you don't want your, you know, loved one or boss or whoever to hear this and go like, oh my gosh, you know, Mary is doing whatever. So tonight we're going to read a listener letter in part because it's a little on the chatty side. And then I'm going to give you Blonde Jesus's palpable parable on things I might have insight on, have experienced, or advice that I may want to give to you, and we'll see how that can help you and your life. Maybe people who are listening are also going through the same scenario. I don't know. But I will always invite you to call in at 323-657-1493. That is the hotline for the show. We're going to be live Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. But realizing that many of you might actually have a social life, even in the COVID quarantine, and be doing other things with your family and friends. This is something that you can download here on iTunes under the rated LGBT um, RSS feed banner. You can also just download the show right here on Blog Talk and take it with you, or just come back and click the link anytime that's convenient for you. So it's really cool when you listen live. It's really cool when you call in. Um, Tonight, it's really not a call-in episode. It's really more of me just introducing the show and getting through the letter that we have from Moses in Manhattan in just a few minutes. Um, But in the meantime, I just want to let you know that we're going to be here every Saturday night, so get ready for a fun evening of sarcasm, humor, insight, maybe some emotion along the way as well. So that is kind of what we're doing. But in the meantime, I also want to promo the other shows that are here on the network. We still have Rated G Radio, and that will be making different types of appearances throughout the course of the year. We're reimagining that, folks. But every Thursday and Friday, we have rated LGBT radio with my good friend Rob Watson. Sunday nights are Rebecca Fisk, your psychic next door. She takes your calls live at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., we have Stephanie Gerard show, and she's also a psychic medium, and she takes your calls. And then, oh, most Wednesdays, Mary Lou Monroe Ray interviews Australia's finest. She's down in Brisbane, and she conducts interviews with a lot of interesting actors and singers and entertainers and people who are just fascinating. And her care and compassion in how she interviews and presents the show really is a strong testament to her amazing commitment to work and um, providing an excellent product. So Rated Oz Radio comes to you every Wednesday. And then again, Saturday nights, it's going to be here on What Would Blonde Jesus Do? So now, on with the show. So today, our letter that comes in and it's full, I say full disclosure while I'm, you know, changing, you know, some details here, but full disclosure, it is somebody that I know and uh, they're going through, you know, something in their life and they were kind enough to share that here. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase the letter because it was very lengthy. I was just expecting like a, you know, what would you do if your car broke down on the 405? You know, something like that. But of course, you know, I get this big, long, chatty letter and I'm like, whoa, okay, you took this seriously and there's some meat on the bones here. So, Moses in Manhattan today writes, Dear Blonde Jesus, I'm in an office job now, and I'm in sales. I've been doing pretty good for the last couple of years, but in the COVID quarantine era that we're in, the rose's bloom is off the flower, and we are, we as his family, are considering making a move out of state I'm considering accepting a different job, and we've just had a baby recently, so we've got a lot going on. Um, I've got an older child that I split custody with, and my wife also works from home several days a week. Um, currently, I don't like the office politics where I'm at now, and the new job that I'm considering taking does pay comparably, and I am sure that it is going to be so much better than what I'm doing now. The job, however, also requires me to work from home, and I can't wait to work from home. Sincerely, Moses in Manhattan. Okay, Moses. Blonde Jesus has several thoughts on the issue of working from home and your particular situation. So I'm just going to kind of break this down and go through um, the things that you've said and see what insight I can share with you today because I, I have some concerns for you and I want you to be um, completely happy in all aspects of your life. In the same breath, I want you to really think soundly before you take this jump into the unknown of this supposedly exciting aspect of working from home. So, with that, the other information that was provided is um, the size of home that they're in. They're in a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. You have a newborn baby. So, you know, picture this. Picture this. Sicily, 1932. I feel like I'm, you know, um, on the Golden Girls. Picture this. Sicily, 1982. 1932. 1837. So, um, Moses in Manhattan lives in a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment in Orange County. And has a wife, has a newborn baby, has an older child, and now wants to work from home. So my question will be, is how much 
thought have you given to a dedicated private workspace that you can use while you're at home? Because working from home sounds really, really cute. If you have a private office that you can close a door on and shut yourself off from the rest of the world, the crying baby, the wife who's using the Vitamix while you're on your very important client call, and then the dog who wants to come and have you take him for a walk, and all of the other things that happen while you're at home because you're at home. 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. If you have your desk set up on the kitchen table, on your laptop, probably not a good idea to be working from home. If your desk is in your master bedroom where you have other people sleeping like your wife and your baby, and they don't vamoose at 7.55 so you can log in to your computer and start your job at 8 a.m., Working from home may not be for you. Do you have an area? Let's just even say you do have an area that you have dedicated as your home office area, your private, secluded home office. How's your chair? Do you have an ergonomically fit chair that you can actually sit in for nine hours a day, eight hours a day? Do you have enough desk workspace to take notes, to spread out paperwork, to look at stuff that you need to look at. Is your computer screen big enough for you to work with? Do you have enough resources that are going to allow you to function easily in your new role sitting at your home office desk for eight hours a day? If you do, that's great. I'm not sure most people have that. In the COVID quarantine world that we are currently in, A, I hope everybody is doing well. Please be safe. Wash your hands, wear your mask, all of the things that you're supposed to do. But I think it's changed a lot of people's perspective in the last year about how they can work from home. There's a difference between I have to work from home because I'm in the COVID quarantine versus I'm choosing to work from home because that's what the job has offered to me and this would be cute. Okay, There's a difference between that. No that if you have to work from home because your employer shut the office down because of COVID, that's not the same thing because there's a lot of different forgiveness for you know how you look on a Zoom call. Hopefully you're wearing pants and a top. Um, there's a lot of forgiveness when you have you know a baby crying in the background or a dog barking in the background. But when you are accepting a job where you're supposed to be working from home, The expectation, I would think the company would expect for you to have an area where you can actually do your job without interruption or distraction. Have you ever worked from home before? Blonde Jesus has. I did for a period of time when I was a VP of sales for a major transportation company a few years ago. Worked for the company for ages and ages and ages. And um, in a series of fortunate and unfortunate events, I decided I wanted to work for the company's Northern California office where all of my international clients were. But I didn't want to move up there because the cost of living was horrible. And I live in Southern California, so saying Northern California's pricing was horrible, that says something because pricing in Southern California is terrible also. So I wasn't going to move. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to stay here in Orange County and I'm going to work from home. This is going to be great. 
Okay. Here's the reality of working from home. Working from home, this is my experience. This is your palpable parable of my experience. And we're going to go on and talk about some of the other things that you mentioned, Moses, in Manhattan. But my experience working from home initially was really kind of fun because it's like, oh, I can wear my pajamas or nothing at all. Or I don't have to comb my hair. I don't have to shave. Who cares? Nobody's going to see me. I'm just going to log into my VPN and I'm going to dial into the network on the phone and I'm going to start calling my clients and setting up appointments and all of that. Well, when you work from home in that particular capacity, when my clients were all around the world, well, I'm not getting on a plane and you know flying to Germany or Chengdu, China or anything like that. I'm you know on the phone, on email at different times of the day based on where people were at. Totally cool. Here's a lesson that Blonde Jesus learned during the time he worked from home. Blonde Jesus actually likes people. Shocking. But Blonde Jesus loves to look people in the eye, loves to shake their hands, loves to give them a hug, loves to see the delight in their face or the frustration that they're going through or whatever. But I like to see that personal human interaction. So after a couple of months of working from home, I started missing people. Now I had a roommate at the time that I would see maybe a couple of times a week and maybe I might go to the grocery store or, you know, run an errand every once in a while. But I was pretty much at my desk, at my computer, at my dedicated workspace in my home office and working from home, missing people and missing interaction. So if you are considering taking a job where you're going to be working from home, Have you thought about how you're going to get your social interaction needs met? And I'm really not talking about your wife and kid because you see them every day. You need other human interaction. And my hope for you is that you will not choose to pick on poor Sally at the local Albertsons as at the checkout to be your new best friend because she's the only person you see outside of your family when you go to get your 12-pack of Bud Light at the end of your workday. Sally doesn't really give a crap about you. you know. She might care about you as a customer and that type of thing, but she's not really there to fulfill your social etiquette needs and talk to you about your goals and aspirations and you know why the baby won't um, go to sleep at night and how come your wife is yelling at you to take out the trash. It's not the same thing. So Blonde Jesus, at the, it, and again, slow learner here sometimes, decided that, you know what, this is nice, but boy, this just doesn't work. And so Blonde Jesus decided that working from home was not for him. Now, if it works for you, that's fantastic. It didn't work for Blonde Jesus. And so I went and found another job and another career. And just like Madonna does every 18 months, reinvents himself. And so I reinvented myself and uh, went into a completely different industry. Loved the fact that I could actually see people, see their smiles, help them, and do things that I would know be impactful to their immediate lives in a great way. It gives me a lot of pleasure. And I think most people who are in the service industry feel the same way. So whether you're a waiter or a waitress or a salesperson or in customer service or you cut hair or whatever it is, you teach singing lessons. You love helping people and you love seeing them be successful. That was my whole motivation in doing something different. 
So if you have not worked from home before, I want you to think about what you're going to do to make sure your social interaction needs are met and you are happy. Being happy is a very important part of working from home. So getting back to your family that will be there. So, you know, you said your wife works from home several days a week with a COVID. That's a great new word. COVID quarantine, California style. How do you manage letting her, not letting her, having her work with you at home, doing her job? She's got to be on her computer. She's got to be making her calls. Well, you need to make your calls and you need to be on your computer. Have you thought about that? What happens when the baby starts crying and your wife has said, well, you need to deal with this because I've got to go to the office today or I've got to go to the doctor or I've got to run errands. And it's 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And you're, I don't say stuck. You're blessed to be there taking care of your family, but you're stuck. Who's going to take care of this screaming kid when you know, you've got a client call you're on? Think about that. What about the dog when the dog wants to start barking and you're on your client call? What do you do? So putting all of that aside, I want to get back to really kind of the root of what you're really asking. It's my opinion as blonde Jesus that you are really asking, why should I stay where I'm at? Because the grass is so much greener where they have promised me in the promised land, across the way. It's a better way. Or is it a better way? I think a lot of times when we take a new job, we take the job with a lot of honeymoon and rose-colored glasses and excitement because it's all new and everybody's going to be super nice to us and we can expect that we're going to, you know, just have the most amazing thing and we're going to make millions of dollars a year until we don't and until the honeymoon is over and until somebody looks at us the wrong way or until a policy changes or until management changes or until we get a new program. And then you'll go like, you know, this reminds me of when I was working retail and we did that. So before you get ready to jump ship, my ask and counsel to you will be, what have you liked, but more importantly, what have you not liked about your jobs that you've had in the past? What are things that are similar historically, looking back, that have happened, both good and bad, at the jobs that you've had? Unless you've only had one job and it was your first job at McDonald's and you have no frame of reference for anything, well then, you know, this is not for you. But if you've had a couple of jobs, two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight, you know that there are things that you've liked about it, but also things that have really been horrible. So what are the things that have been horrible that have been similar? Where can you find some commonality in that horribleness that you can say, oh, maybe I should be thinking about this before jumping ship? Is it a policy? Is it a program? Is it software? Is it technology? Is it, you know, people? You know, what is it? Figure that out. Write it out. Write out the things. Do, you know, a pro and con list of all the things that you've enjoyed and hated and just see where you are finding common ground. I would really encourage you to take the time, spend a half an hour doing it, like listening to the show, half an hour, and figure out what you like and what you don't like. Because 
in your letter, you also tell me a little bit about what you've made this last year, but also what the compensation package looks like going to this new job. Frankly, in my opinion, as Blonde Jesus, I am not really looking for anybody who has a good paying job with great benefits to jump ship for a job that kind of pays the same, makes some interesting promises about compensation. That's not a guarantee. So, you know, it's nice that they might give you like a, um, a work from home meal lunch credit. That's temporary, you realize. It's nice that they are giving you a little home office compensation credit, but that's not going to last forever. And what happens is you start getting these little perks and benefits like the you know lunch from home credit and then the work from home credit. And then something changes. Like they say, you know what? The COVID is over. You get to now drive an hour or 45 minutes or 12 minutes or however far it is to our office. And you're going to sit in this cubicle and you're going to come in showered, shaved, and combed and looking presentable. And now you're going to sit at this cubicle for nine hours a day. And you're going to do the job that you've been doing from home because the COVID crisis is over. Well, there goes the, boy, I'm saving all this money on gas and I'm saving all this money on the commute. And now, you know, where I worked before, it was only 20 minutes door to door. Even with traffic, it was 20 minutes door to door. Now I've got to go to this other office and it's 40 minutes each way. And yes, you can say, well, that's not coming for a while or it's not coming today but guess what? It's going to come and you're going to be going, crap, you know, I thought I was going to be saving all this time, but now I'm spending extra time in the car and that's taking away from my family. It's taking away from my baby and I'm not getting any benefit out of spending an extra, you know, if it's, let's just say it's an extra 15 minutes each way, half an hour a day, five days a week. That's two and a half hours a week, 10 hours a month, 10 hours a month of your life you're spending in the car when you could have been at home with the family. Or you could have had at least half of that um, being commuting to a job that paid you really well and um, the location was closer. And as people change, your job role changes, you know, and that's going to be the case everywhere you go, every time. So think about those types of things. So why do you want to leave? Everybody I know is leaving. Okay, so you know, if everybody jumped off a cliff, are you going to jump off a cliff too? Don't do that. You know, if you are you know considering leaving because of money, a lack of success, your family's nagging at you, you don't like the location, you hate your commute, you want extra time in your day, all of those things, it's important. But everybody's answer is going to be different. My answer is, is completely different than what your scenario was at. But I want you to think about the things that you are looking to give up so easily right now for what appears to be this green, green grass of some other existence out there. Please consider that before you get ready to do something that you may or may not regret down the road and a very short down the road as well. I see this as being something that looks really exciting for you, Moses, in Manhattan. But at the same time, there are a lot of warning flags that I have that come up based on what's going on in your world. So I want you to think about this in the next week. If you want to give me a follow-up email 
or you want to call into the show at 323-657-1493. That's always a very cool thing. And I will love to take your call. So I'm going to leave everybody with that this week. Moses, I want to thank you for taking time to write that and share that with us. Um, Hopefully it's given people items to ponder, but I want you to really sit down and think about what you've shared with me and the words of inspired stories of miracle and strength, the isms that I've shared with you, and see if this is really something that is magically delicious for you to make the jump to. Hopefully it is, and if it is, I'm going to support you and wish you all the best. But for everybody else, we're going to see you next Saturday night here on What Would Blonde Jesus Do? Inspired Stories of Miracles and Strength. I'm not a psychic, um, but if you want to call in and ask a question about love or your career, your family, your friends, whatever, call in and I will love to chat with you. And I will give you my honest feedback about what I think you should do as Blonde Jesus to help your life improve. Um, With that, again, Stephanie Gerard Show is coming up Tuesday morning at 8. We're going to have Rob Watson with Rated LGBT Radio on Thursday. Sometime in the day, I think it's around 2. They change the time every once in a while based on the guests. And, of course, Sunday nights, it's going to be the Rebecca Fisk, Your Psychic Next Door Show, live at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. Call in and ask her a question. And we will see you next week here on What Would Blonde Jesus Do? It's a pleasure to, to join you on this journey. And I wish you a fantastic week. Take care, everybody. 